Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to episode number 48 of Pleb Chain Radio. Today is Thursday, February the 15th. It is 6.31 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States at the time of recording. We have a great show ahead of you today. Gary Leland from BitBlock Boom joins us to talk about the, the halving conference in April, and they're moving to Dallas. We're really looking forward to that conversation. No lightning round this week due to scheduling issues, uh, but we'll start off with our sermon for the week, The Price Paradox. Number go up, or NGU, as we fondly call it, is good. But is it really that good? I mean, it's definitely good for the memes. But beyond that, you know, KW, my my DCA is a pale shadow of its former self from the bear market. So I don't know how good number go up is for that. And and frankly, let me ask you this, QW. What, what are you going to do when the price reaches 100K or 500K? You planning to sell? Like, what is the point of number go up in this range? Well, in and why is it going up, right? Yeah, and, why is it going why, exactly. why is it going up? Currently, uh, there's a, a ton of inflow of uh, ETF uh, volume. Um, you know, with that said, it's like, yeah, you're supposed to be excited, right? Um, you know, the numbers going up. Uh, you know, my Bitcoin's worth more. Uh, but I just I don't I don't I don't share that sentiment honestly. I, I think it's a time preference indicator. Um, you know, if you're that excited about it going up, maybe you've been in it a long time. Maybe you've uh, you're trying to sell. Maybe uh, it, it's something that uh, you know. For me, I'm a low time preference uh, maxi. I, I really think about my son, about his stack, uh, his stacking goals. All these things where uh, decentralization comes into play. I want to see low and slow. I want to see you know Bitcoin going up for the right reason. Uh, everyone's hitting their stacking goals globally. Um, you know, it's one of those things that it's it's it, it's bittersweet, right? It, it, and that's where the paradox is. And you know, I, I think about uh, the, the steep rise in price, right? So let's say Bitcoin gets to a million dollars at some point, and I hope that happens not too soon. And the reason I say that is, uh, are the tools really there? in an easy to use fashion to, to use Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. I'd love to spend Bitcoin, especially once it's at a million bucks, right? So to have my cold storage stack, maybe some kind of intermediate, warm, warmish, coolish lightning stack, and then my day-to-day spending wallet, uh, where you know there will be a handful of sats in there to spend. But we don't have those tools to make these things easy. Uh, and and safe, right? The, yes, you can use Wallet of Satoshi, and that's fine for small amounts, but it's a fully custodial solution, which, by the way, for US users is no longer an option. Um, so the tools aren't really there for uh, y- using Bitcoin as a global medium of exchange, easy to use for everyone. I mean, they're getting there, but they're not quite there, which is why I hope that the price rise is slow and gradual. And when it eventually gets two million bucks, we will have the tools uh, to use it as money. 
Well, don't worry, Avi. I'm pretty sure uh, BlackRock uh, Lightning Wallet will be coming out pretty soon at this rate. Yeah, integrated with uh, with Apple Pay or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean, the capture. It just uh, that that's kind of where we get at. It's like it's like, man, this is uh, this is great. Um, you know, but you look at those Google trend searches. You don't see the normies kind of uh, uh, trending. You know, searching for Bitcoin right now. It's kind of the tried and true. Which, of course, it's great that uh, uh, the majority of the supply is held by hodlers long term. Um, you know, but but I would like to see people that are just catching on uh, get a little bit more skin in the game with those stacking goals and their DCA. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, if adoption happens, if nation states uh, start taking it on and mass, um, Sats are the next Bitcoin. You know, people always say, "Well, what's the next Bitcoin?" Well, the Satoshi's would be. So, um, you know, we're all going to be good long term. But you know, for me, I just like it to be low and slow. Yep. Couldn't agree more. You got anything else on the sermon, QW? That's it on the sermon. Uh, well, I would I would like to say, though, uh, there was news today because uh, we have our Culture Shock event this uh, Saturday uh, in two days. Um, and we and, and Terry made that uh, that app, that Culture Shock 2024 uh, iOS app. It's it, I think it's out, coming out for Droid, too. Uh, but it was denied by App Store today. So Apple is at it again. Um, they said it was purchasing. Uh, and, and really, the way it was set up is uh, you were using one of Apple's approved wallets. Um, and all you were doing was tipping a, pres- a presenter on stage. Uh, and, you know, they, they said it was buying content like they did with the some of the another, uh, other Noster uh, um, um, apps that try to get approved. But what's funny is Apple actually approved Nosterville 2023 app that Terry made. So they're identical apps, but Apple approved them like a week ago. And then he tried to get Culture Shock through and they denied that one. So it, it does appear that it's kind of a case to case, maybe reviewer to reviewer type of uh, situation with those test flights. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem to be any kind of standardization there. So, yeah, Apple was culture shocked. So I appreciate that. Thanks, Apple. (laughs) All right, folks, it is my pleasure to welcome Gary Leland to Plepchain Radio. Welcome, Gary. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Gary, we got to start with the burning question. What, where does the boom in BitBlock boom come from? What was the motivation there? It's funny, uh, someone came up to me about two years, maybe the second conference or the third conference and said, does that stand for Boomer? And I said, gosh, I didn't even think about that. But uh, so if that's the question, it doesn't. It's not a real technical way the name came about. Uh, We went to a URL generator and ended Bitcoin, blockchain and all kinds of stuff and gave us a bunch of names and that one we liked the best. So wasn't the wasn't any thought put into it really at all. Uh, URL uh, name chain name thing made it, but I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name, yeah, for sure. Uh, so Gary, you talked about searching for the name. When was that? Is it? I mean, are are you the the oldest Bitcoin only conference? I don't know. I know we're the longest running for sure because no one did one during COVID except me. So that automatically put me at the longest running. But now I've had a lot of people saying anyone who was older than me has quit doing conferences. So I could be the oldest and the longest running, which can be two separate things. Avi, did uh, was was there COVID in Texas, Avi? 
No, no, it's, it's California and New York. That's it. It skipped the good states. Yeah, we had a big um, problem here during COVID, during the conference. Our hotel that we were doing the conference in that year canceled two weeks before the conference because they said they were shutting down for COVID. So we rushed to find another hotel. And then during the conference, I came walking out. I've told this story before, so if anyone's heard this, I apologize. But I came walking out of the uh, ballroom where the sessions are going up, where the uh, conference speakers are. And I had 15 minutes. I was going to grab a cup of coffee or something. And when I walked out, there's the hotel manager. And she goes, Gary, we got to talk to you. And I said, okay, what do you need? She goes, we got to go in this room. So I'm like, okay. So I walk in this room and there's like three other people in there. And all four of them have got their masks on. And I don't have my mask on, but I do have a cup of coffee in my hand. And so she goes, hey, we've got a real problem. Your people won't wear their masks. And that's the, the rule here and the law that you have to wear your mask. And they're all walking around with cups of coffee like they're drinking them so that people won't bother them about their masks. But we've already caught on to that. So that's not going to work. So you have to get your people wearing masks. And I thought about it for a second. And I just told her, I said, hey, while I may be old enough to be their daddy, I'm not. So I really can't make them wear their masks. And they said, well, if you don't start making them wear their masks, we're going to have to call the police. And I said, well, you might want to go ahead and do it because they would just eat that up. I mean, they would really love that. And they were really kind of confused. And they said, well, why would they want that? I said, because they will all take off their masks, the ones that do have them on, so they can film it and post that everywhere. And she said, oh. And I said, do you need me for anything else? I got to go. Well, after that, they never bothered us again the rest of the weekend, never said a word to anyone about their masks. They just completely disappeared. I don't know why they were back in the conference area anyway, but uh, they didn't come back there anymore. So we didn't have any more problems, but um, yeah, so we, we, so we, we held the conference, but it was hard finding a hotel in two weeks. Gary, was this in Austin or Dallas? The this was in Dallas. The first four years were in Dallas. The next two were in Austin and now we're back in Dallas. So this was in Dallas. Avi reminds me of when we uh, we did the Nostraville panel in uh, in in Nashville when we were talking to Rockstar, uh, and he always has his mask on, but it's uh, for different reasons, you know. So there are some COVID ready uh, anons out there, but it's not it's not because of COVID. And and Gary, you probably know this, right? Rockstar's never got COVID because of the mask. I've never caught COVID, and, <laughs> and I don't wear a mask. <laughs> My wife's never caught COVID. I mean, you know, it's not like the whole world caught it and much less died from it. I mean, and, and while some people did die from it, and I'm sorry for them, but I mean, I, I, I believe I had the right to take my chances if I wanted to. Uh, so you, you did one, uh, one, one BBB in uh, Austin um, and, and you're two. saying it's back to Dallas. Oh, you did two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, any reason you're going back to Dallas? It's just hard to do it in Austin. I mean, you know, I live in Dallas. So anytime, for one thing, anytime I want to do something, check out a location or have a vendor meeting, I can go all the way to Austin, three and a half hours away. Um, kind, kind of lazy at heart. I don't enjoy that. Um, number two, my costs were so much higher there. I mean, for instance, um, you know, like my my restaurant, where my venue for my Friday night dinner was $10,000 just for the venue last year and the year before. This year, I don't pay anything for the venue. 
you know, um, I just pay for the food and the entertainment because we're now we've got uh, less money on venue. I can bring in a band and make it a more of a party. But everything was expensive down there. I mean, literally everything. So, you know, as soon as we moved it to Dallas, back to Dallas, you know, I, I reduced the prices on the uh, the tickets by thirty uh, percent uh, when it started. Um, the hotel rooms, instead of being 250 or 60 a night or 140 maybe a night, I mean, that, that makes it a lot more affordable for people to come. Um, so it's just, it's easier and it's cheaper. Avi, I heard band. Did you hear, did you hear band might be there? I did hear that. We had my rock- mind instantly goes to Toonster, uh, Noster-based uh, video streaming where we can zap that band live. But maybe maybe that's something to think about. I'm always incubating, you know, thinking thinking about ideas and uh, value for value standpoint. But um, Gary, when you started Bitblock Boom, how did it start? Were, were you just like, we, we need to do this. Uh, we need something here. Like you said, you don't like to travel. Uh, <laughs> maybe no, I do like to wanted, travel. Maybe you just wanted it there. <laughs> No, I, I do like to travel. I just didn't want. I just hate running down to Austin every other week. You know, um, you know, <laughs> se- seven hours out of the day. But so, no, uh, how we, do you just just up and having a? You just all of a sudden have a conference. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. I'd been in Bitcoin about a year when I decided I needed to have a Bitcoin conference, and uh, so we just started having a Bitcoin conference. We called up, uh, contacted Safedine. He just written his book. And he was getting ready to start his book tour. I think we were actually the first place he went on his book tour because he was going to Detroit. And he says, if you pay for my ticket there and to Detroit, because I have to be there Monday for a book signing, I'll do it. And then um, talked to PR Richard. He was in New York. And he goes, I'd love to come down. So everybody was wanting to come. And so I didn't have a problem finding people that wanted to participate in BitBlock Boom. It was finding people that wanted to come to BitBlock Boom was the problem. And so I lined up uh, speakers and stuff. And now I'm like trying to find people to come to BitBlock Boom. So I'm going out to, you know, uh, meetups, trying to talk people into it, give them the free tickets, even whatever it took, because I had all these people come and I couldn't have a conference and no one be in the audience. So that wouldn't start my conference off right. So um, we had a really inexpensive venue. We had a great lineup of speakers. And uh, I just, you know, it's kind of like my podcast, QW, when I, when I started podcasting. That's the best example. When I first started podcasting, when I wanted to learn something, I would contact whoever I thought was one of the best in the field. If, it was, uh, if I wanted to learn something like from my store on marketing or how to, how to sell on Amazon, uh, I, I found a guy. That would be a good example. I wanted to learn how to sell stuff from my store on Amazon. So I saw this guy who was like, Great at Amazon. He made like $200,000 every two-week payout. Had a book that cost $1,000. I wanted to learn how to do that. So I contacted him and said, hey, would you come on my, my show? And he goes, sure. So we spent an hour on my show. I asked him every question I wanted to be taught about. And then we said, oh, let's do this again. That was fun. I said, we sure will. And I contacted him about two months later with follow-up questions for my business. And that's kind of how... I used to use my podcast was to give me one-on-one time with people who are really good at something, which I couldn't get. This was in 2005, 2006, 2007, where I couldn't, if I called him up and said, Hey, can I spend an hour with you learning how to do Amazon sales? He'd just go, hell with you, get out of here. So I think I thought of the conference as the same way as a chance to get around like-minded people 
to bring in people and have the kind of conference I wanted to go to. I had been to a conference. It was called the Texas Bitcoin Conference, but I don't know if one person spoke about Bitcoin. I mean, it was like shitcoin city. And so I knew I didn't want to do that. So I kind of wanted to do a Bitcoin conference. Um, and so I had one. And how did you get into Bitcoin? You So I, from what you're saying, Gary, it's like 2017, 2016 was around the time you got in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not quite mid, a little bit before mid, before the run up of 2017. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, I could have gotten in at a better time, but I got it in a great time. You know, so, but there's never a bad time uh, as I know now, but when I got in, I thought it was late and and it's a weird thing on that. And I, I've even heard people on other shows, not no, they weren't knowing my background saying anyone that says this is lying. Nobody gets into Bitcoin for this reason. So, but my reason was I was at a conference speaking about podcasting, of course, cause that's what I did my, was my thing back then. I was walking down the hall after speaking, I saw four or five of my friends talking up and one of them was talking to the other four about bitcoin and i came in halfway through the conversation and at that time i saw like i started my first e-commerce site in 96 um so i was kind of an early adopter there and I, by the time uh this conference happened i maybe had 20 e-commerce sites i had a lot of e-commerce sites and uh, so that was my thing i was really interested in it and he said that bitcoin he mentioned during his the last half of the conversation he said bitcoin was the only protocol missing was the missing protocol for money. That's what he said. He said it was the missing internet protocol. There'd never been a protocol for money. Now there is. And, and then after about 20 minutes of him talking to everybody, he, everybody left. And I don't think they bought Bitcoin to this day. Um, if they are, they aren't into it in, in, in a very big way. Uh, so I asked him, I said, Hey, Tony, I missed the first half of that conversation. This was like one o'clock. Can we go over it? We went and sat on the couch. And at six o'clock, the conference was ending for the day, and we were still sitting on the couch talking. Went home, listened to a podcast about Bitcoin. When I got on the way, caught when I got home, I called him up and said, Hey, are you going to be there tomorrow? And he said, Yeah. I said, Can I come back and ask you some more questions? And he said, Yes. So I met him at nine o'clock in the hotel lobby, and we talked to him about one. Then he took me over to his house. He was mining uh, Zcash so he could convert it into Bitcoin because he couldn't mine Bitcoin with his. an open dime uh, i went to coinbase and bought five dollars worth of bitcoin and put on it he was just teaching me how to do it got home about five o'clock when i got home i went to coinbase and made a, a good investment in bitcoin and i've been buying ever since and i've never sold any ever since so uh, i was talking to my wife about him the other day we need to he lives out of state now i told her next time he comes here we really need to take him out for a nice dinner because, uh, you know, Bitcoin can change your world. And it definitely changed my world and my life um, completely. So I owe him a lot for taking the time to spend a day and a half orange billing me. Yeah, it certainly, certainly changed my life, Gary. Uh, so do you see so your full-time Bitcoin now? It's yes. Bitblock, so And it's only Bitblock Boom or, or you have a podcast as well? Right. Uh, I have a show I do called the Bitcoin Boomer Show. Um, it's more of a TV show for independent channels. Um, there's a studio here in town and they like me uh, for some reason because they asked me if I would start coming in and producing a show once a week. 
uh, and they charge normally for that, but they don't charge me. I don't know why, but I haven't complained. I've been doing it four years now. And I just show up and um, they have a producer there, all the equipment there. I just show up and sit down and start doing the show. So um, it's really a nice way to do the show instead of having to do all the work. So it's more of a, um, yeah, I'm kind of lazy nowadays. I could take the audio. I could rip the audio out of the show and make a podcast out of it. And I did that the first few years, but I've just been too lazy to do. So, so, so I, when they produce that, are you, do you have any control of, of the advertising on there? No, I don't on their network, but they do give me a copy of it. And then I get to produce, I get to do that. But they also pay me a, a fee um, at the end of the year to use my name. I was an early adopter of podcasting and I'm in like the podcast hall of fame. I got into podcasting. I was probably like one of the first 50 or hundred podcasters on the planet back in 2004, 2006. My podcast website was in time magazines, 50 coolest list of 50 coolest websites. So I kind of got um, a name there and they, they, for some reason think that's cool to have a hall of fame podcaster on their board, I guess, or involved with their company when they're trying to sell people. And so they pay me um, 40% of the net sales revenue uh, for the commercials. So I don't have a say what's on there, but I do receive a cut of it. So Gary, it sounds like you were right there with uh, folks like Adam Curry and others, right? In the early. Yeah, early I, was listening to, I was listening to Adam. I probably started listening. He had the daily source code back then. I probably started listening on so 20 or 10 or something. I mean, it was early. Uh, I know Adam real well at the first podcast. I met him in 2005 in Ontario, California. There was uh, the first, I would have to say it was the first podcast conference anywhere was out there and Adam was there. He had started a new thing called Pod Show. He thought podcasts should be called Pod Shows. And he started a site called Pod Shows. And he got a really large amount of money from investors, like millions of dollars. And he was signing podcasters back then to long-term contracts. And they would bring, uh, the concept was to bring ads and advertising to the podcasts. And they would sign the podcasters. He signed all the big names at the time. I actually, Gary, so this is a new side of you that I was not aware of. I always knew you as the BitBlock Boom guy. Uh, Learn something new today. This is great. Yeah, Bitcoin is like my third thing, I guess. I guess um, e-commerce was my first, then podcasting. And this is probably going to be my last uh, reiteration or whatever you want to call it is Bitcoin because I think I'll be in this a long time. It's funny, you know, in the beginning of the show, you were asking uh, if Bitcoin hit $500,000 or a million, are you going to be cashing it in? Uh, just a few minutes ago, and I was thinking about that. And I was on Peter McCormick's show, I don't know, two, three months ago. And I had mentioned I've never sold any Bitcoin. You know, if I have to spend Bitcoin, I buy new Bitcoin to spend. I've never sold any. I just, I actually just buy Bitcoin and hold it. And uh, even if they pay for tickets a bit block boom, I hold it. And uh, he asked me, he said, well, why haven't you sold any? What are you waiting for? And I was like, I don't know. I, I, I never even thought about it. But later I thought about it. Why would I spend my Bitcoin, the most precious, rare, scarcest thing on the planet when I still have, you know, fiat. I mean, I guess if I ran out of fiat, I would cash them in. But, you know, between selling all my businesses, I sold all my businesses like two years ago. I get money for that. I get 
Social Security and my wife gets Social Security. That's great. I get um, money from the TV place. I get, a, I get a lot of cash that comes in from places. So why would I spend my Bitcoin? Um, you know, I mean, if I run out of fiat or I really need something, but you know, my age, I'm almost 70. My house is paid for my car. I have no expenses. I mean, I've been living a long time. I've bought everything. Now I'm just trying to get, you know, what old people do when they start getting old, they want to get rid of stuff. <laughs> They're going, oh, I've gathered all this stuff that has no value to me anymore. You know, so I tried sats for crap. Uh, selling, have you seen that? No, what is that? Satsforcrap.com. It's by, um, oh, it's a, it's a site where you can put crap on there and sell it. And you get paid in Bitcoin. So it came out, I think, last Thursday. So I put some things on there just to do a test market on selling uh, crap for sats. You know, so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm selling crap. I mean, I've been saying for years, sell all your crap and buy Bitcoin. I think they stole that name from me, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this sounds like a cool version of Craigslist. Satoshi's it list. Or something it's, all, it's all Bitcoin, though, that you get paid with sats. So. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, there's a Noster uh, um, um, client called Shopster. That's exactly what it is, kind of a peer-to-peer. Uh, I know Derek Ross. I think he just sold a couple uh, Androids the other day on there, um, but all for Sats, peer-to-peer, uh, completely anonymous type of thing. But uh, it's if you can if you can earn the hardest money on uh, selling crap, that's <laughs> what what better yeah. way to live. I've been cleaning out stuff, and I found uh, evidently I went into a place one time and bought uh some comics that i thought were going to be i said i'll buy like 10 of each one of these issues so i put some of these issues on there to see if they would sell you know so i don't think there's enough people on it yet because i got like fifteen thousand sats for one maybe ten thousand sats for the other so there's not enough people on it yet but i thought that was a good test experience but i have got so much crap that i could use sats for um because you know you can never have enough sats not with what's happening now and getting ready to happen, right? Oh my gosh! I mean, oh, I yeah. think I think this is the year. This year, next year, I think that we're all going to be surprised. Well, some of us will be surprised. But but you know, Gary, let's go back to that point, right? Of parting with Bitcoin. It's one thing parting with Bitcoin for filthy fiat, right? That's just using an exchange and getting fiat in return. But what about a scenario, the one I was talking about, which is in five years from now, there are more merchants accepting Bitcoin. They're way better tools, uh, you know, lightning wallets, you have non-custodial lightning wallets that are uh, super fast and not as clunky as they are today. You don't have to think about inbound liquidity and stuff that normies would, ha- would have absolutely nothing to do, do with, right? In that scenario, when you can, let's say you have a real world need for, for some good or service and Bitcoin is widely accepted and there are easy to use tools, that's a scenario in which when you're purchasing power uh, compared to today is 20x, right? When Bitcoin's a million bucks. Well, that's a scenario to spend Bitcoin, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be? Well, the the only reason that would be, a, and it's all according to your, every individual is different. At that point, I probably still have enough fiat coming in that I don't need to spend it to pay my bills and live like I want to live. But, but, you know, if Bitcoin's worth a million dollars, uh, a lot of people's net worths are going to be much higher than it is now. And so I probably won't be happy with a million dollar house anymore. You know, not that I'm this happy with it. I'll be going, gosh, I mean, I should buy a bigger house. 
you know, maybe I should buy a house that has room for, you know, on a lake. So my kids and grandkids can come and spend the day, you know, instead of a day at, my, at granddad's house and go to the pool, you know, maybe uh, I want to spend some and buy a place in El Salvador and buy a, a big place down there. Who knows? But as far as spending it, I don't think it matters what it is. The same thing will apply, but I think it'll change your lifestyle um, and the, the way you live. A person who's worth, for instance, Jack Dorsett, he lives a whole different reality than we live, you know, with his financial condition. It just does. It's like a guy who makes, you know, minimum wage and has a family of four is going to have a different mindset than a guy who's making a million dollars a year you know, and has a family of four versus someone who's worth a billion dollars and has a family of four. They all have a different mindset. They have diff different ways of thinking because their realities are different. You know, it's like I used to work with a lot of baseball players and um, I owned the largest wallpaper store in Texas for 30 years. And uh, we would work with baseball players. They would spend piss this money away like no tomorrow. They had no real out. They had no reality of what money was. They just piss it all away. And they go, oh, yeah, I need to have, yeah, you know, like one, a baseball player, Juan Gonzalez, he was a big batter here. He wanted us to turn his closet upstairs. You ever go to the dry cleaners and you push the button and all the clothes come? He wanted to do that to his, his guest bedroom upstairs. You know, put his clothes <laughs> in there and he just walked to the door and pushed the button and all the clothes come because they have no reality on what money is. But it changes your perspective according to how much money you have really because money shapes a lot of the need for money not having money or having having a lot of money changes your view of things and your your outlook on things um you know i've i've met i've only really met i think two billionaire i don't know maybe three and uh when i met jack dorsey since i've mentioned his name at uh, ocean he was nothing like I expected. He was like the guy that would live next door. I mean, as way to me, that's the reaction I got from him. He could be, I could go over next door and say, Hey, you want to go for a walk? I mean, he was not what I expected. So, but I think the average person changes when they move from one level to a, a major level. I think there's, I just, I believe there's a difference just from my experience of running into people that had a lot of money. Is wallpaper uh, coming back into style? Yes, it is. It, it is. You, you, it you looking go to maybe uh, buy back that business? No, no, no. I get paid a royalty every month, and I'm very happy with that. I picked up the check today. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to work. I thought I was actually felt like I was losing money by not spending more time in Bitcoin. I thought I could make more money spending more time in Bitcoin. So I had a sporting goods store also. I basically just shut that down and gave that to the women's shelter, all the contents, the bats, the gloves, the shoes, the coats, the pants, and the whole state. They, they came with like 18. We were they in the sporting goods business the next day. It was during COVID. I couldn't find a buyer, so I just gave it to them because I was ready to move. I was able to find a buyer for the wallpaper store. And um, most of the websites I just shut down. So, so going back to uh, the BitBlock boom, um, you know, do you ever have you ever had to throw a shitcoiner out of the well, conference? I've no. heard stories <laughs> about this QW. Say so this, this, Gary, the, you, there are legendary stories of you 
physically escorting out shit corners from the conferences. How true are those stories? This, this, all I've had to do is um, I've had to talk to shit corners. Um, people do come up to me and say, hey, that guy over there is talking about Ethereum. For, this is an example. And uh, at a, at a, one time at a party, someone came and said, hey, that guy over there is talking about Ethereum. Before he could get to me, before I could get to him, another guy came over and told me that. So I go up to the guy. Yeah, I'm not scared to approach anybody. That's not a big deal. I wouldn't be scared to throw him out. But I said to him, I said, hey, I'm getting reports. You're talking about Ethereum over here, and this is not sh a shitcoin conference. He goes, oh, I'm not talking about that. That's crazy as hell. No one's saying that. I said, that's bullshit. Two people came and told me that. You're about to be tossed out of here. And he goes, okay, I'm sorry. I did talk about Ethereum. I said, don't bring it up again or I'll kick you out. And he goes, okay. And then I never got any more reports on him. So I have had to approach people but I've never had to kick anyone out. So just to, it sounds like a good story that I did, but uh, I've never, they've always like, I think they've always realized, to be honest. I mean, I was pretty straight about it. And I was pretty sincere. And so they stopped. I wonder how these stories form, Gary. Uh, <laughs> I had, no like a, I had not heard those stories. <laughs> so on the topic of shit corners, though, I think one of the, a couple of other conference Bitcoin-only <clears throat> conference organizers uh, I've spoken to have said, man, is this so hard. You know, you have all these sponsors coming and they're willing to throw money at you, but they're shitcoiners. Oh, and so speakers to... too that want to pay to speak. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I've had so many sponsors that I've, especially when I was first starting, they said, okay, well, sponsor the event. How much speaking time do I get? I was like, you don't get any speaking time. They go, well, I'm not going to sponsor it if I can't speak. And said, okay, well, you can't pay to speak here. But, you know, on your on your question uh, about kicking people out, I have removed sponsors and refunded their money. So maybe it's evolved from that because I have done that more than once, refunded someone's money who was a speaker and said, you know, I, I just don't want you at my event. You don't represent um, – what I think I'm wanting to do. And I don't feel like my people coming to my event will be, I don't think their life will be improved by running into you. I think that you will try to take advantage of them. Um, and then I've had sponsors. Hey, I'm the platinum sponsor. Can I have uh, the mailing list? I'm like, no, you can't. What do you mean? I can't. I said, no, you can't, you know? So people expect a lot of weird stuff, but I have, like I said, uh, two years ago, I sent someone back a sponsor, I think $10,000 and said, you can't be at my event. And they were real upset. And I think last year, or I might've told someone that I told could be at our event that they couldn't be. They were real upset at me. So well, that's just the way it goes. So, so maybe those story uh, stories evolved into kicking people out. <laughs> Probably, Gary. But but how how hard is it or how easy is it to have a conference where you're not bleeding money, but but you're being incredibly selective about the type of people you allow to sponsor the event? It's hard. It's really hard. Um, you know, number one, luckily it's Bitcoin, okay? Because um, last year, I'll use last year as an example. I did okay. It was my worst year ever. Um, I've had better years. And last year, well, not my worst year ever. I guess my first two years were my worst year ever. But it was 
like three years ago was better and two years ago was better. Let me put it that way than last year. Um, I had too expensive of a venue. It was in Austin. Um, but a lot, a lot of more of my own faults. And, um, but I, but I, I think a lot of people would have been happy with what, um, I did, but my audience was a little bit down. Um, but then again, I think we did the most sales we ever did in Bitcoin, which was really confusing me because, you know, it's kind of a bear market. I mean, and, and now I've had, I've had a really good year last year, you know, cause like I said, I never sell my Bitcoin. So the, last year was a really good year as of now. And I guess at the end of the year, if I look at last year's stats, it's going to be fantastic. You know, right. So. You've doubled sales, right? And I was one of the mugs who spent sats for not just for myself, but for my wife and my kid. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it very much. <laughs> yeah, really Abby, that reminds me of the uh, the steak dinner that we had in Nashville where I paid you in sats. And I just keep thinking about yeah. the price of that steak just continuing to go up. Well, you know, the way, Gary, I, I after all these years in Bitcoin, I figured it out. When you're in a bear market, you pay in fiat, right, for group dinners, and you take sats. When you're in a bull market, especially as you're approaching the top, then it's okay to spend sats. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. Well, I just, I like sats. You know, we were at uh, Unconfiscatable. I don't think you've been in Vegas and you've been on that street. I don't know what the name of the street is. It has a zip lining going across it and stuff. And um, uh, in Vegas, us. like Fremont, yeah, Fremont Street. About eight of us were going to um, we're going to do that. So I went up and bought all eight tickets, and everybody just gave me back lightning. Now I've done great. <laughs> I mean, you know, I made money on my trip up to uh, yeah, up there now. Probably non KYC sats too. Yeah, Gary. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, I I I think that um, you know, if you're going to do a Bitcoin conference. It needs to be a Bitcoin conference, you know, I mean, you know, I don't even let people have like at their tables, like basically, let me, let me restate this. If you go to the biggest Bitcoin conference there is, you just have to be a Bitcoin company to be a sponsor there. You can do all kinds of other things, but you just have to, you don't have to do Bitcoin only. You just have to do Bitcoin. We're Bitblock Boom. We're Bitcoin only. Uh, that's why I really don't have any exchanges there to speak of. You know, I can't have Coinbase there. I can't have Binance there. I can't have these people because 99% of their product is shit coins. You know, I can't say, yeah, but they got some Bitcoin so they can come. That's just not the way I believe a Bitcoin conference should be. That's why I call mine a Bitcoin maxing conference, not a Bitcoin conference. Because um, we're pretty serious. You can't even, I had one time someone had their banner up and it showed in the bottom corners. Uh, Ethereum and Litecoin or something. I made him cover it with. I brought duct tape over and said, "You got to cover that up. I don't even want to see that." There are very few, Gary. I think it's it's you. There's Baltic Honey Badger and Riga, and then we had a new entrant last year, BTC Prague. Uh, I think cut from the same cloth. Yeah, and I want to go to one of those two this year. Uh, Honey Badger was hard for me because it was like right around the same time as Bitblock Boom. It was I, yeah, I and I did that trip. Gary, it was uh, it was brutal. I yeah. was at I was in Austin with family, and then we flew straight to Riga from there. Uh, that was tough. But Gary, if I if I could, if you are going to Prague, use discount code Nostr N O S T R to get ten percent off tickets. Okay, well I think I have free tickets. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, for folks in the audience, 
yeah it's a good code um yeah i get invited to a lot of conferences for some reason um which and i enjoy going to conferences but we're looking at i ran into the people from honey badger at um the beef steak and we were talking about it and she was going to move hers back she goes you know we're too close together and i said well i don't want to go any further earlier and she goes well i think i'm going to move ours back so we could have some time and then i end up moving mine to april so there was no need to have any more discussions about it because you know we both were just too close to each other even though we were on different continents we still had so many people that went to both it was brutal trust me <laughs> I, I, as someone who did that with family i would not recommend an austin to riga trip <laughs> <laughs> uh back to back so gary another rumor bed block boom rumor is that there is a two speaker as or two time speaking three three oh three times okay Good. if you don't put a limit on it i mean you're going to kind of get the same people there over and over and over and before long people are going to go i see these people every damn year here i'm not coming next year that's it's been just my a reunion problem. tour right <laughs> yeah i mean those people uh, get to come but you want to see new, i mean i think most people want to see new speakers so i did that started that maybe three years ago and i remember jimmy had to sit out the first one and tone had to sit out the first one and parker lewis had to sit out one so i mean they're all great people to have at your event i just wanted to mix it up and, and and it's easier to tell people let's face it it's easier to say hey as a rule that you can't do it than it is to go hey you can't speak next year just because i don't think you should you know so you had to have a rule in effect and people are like yeah there's that damn rule you know and that just makes it a lot easier wait so is it is it like a strict term limit or is it more like a power play where you've done three in a row you sit out the next one then you're back yeah it's more like that gotcha if, if you're bukele and you have a 92 percent uh approval rating you can just extend your term <laughs> well i haven't had anyone get an extension on that term yet but if they're if they're that good though also you know, if someone's that good, like, you know, you probably want them in the audience because people want to meet them. You know, and maybe they have a book and you want it and they're signing their book because, you know, so they come to the event so they can sign their book and you throw them, find a place that you could put a table, you know, and you want to have them there. They just aren't on stage. So so you obviously have the speaker uh, max or uh, a term limit, I will call it. Uh, but how do you shake it up otherwise? Um, do you have kind of themes or do you do anything? Let's let's do this a little differently this year. Um, you know, how, how's that mindset going planning? Well, we try to throw out different things. I mean, like our parties are always different. Um, some things, you know, some things are staying the same, like the uh, bit block shoot. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Everybody's getting together Friday and shooting guns at indoor gun range and just blasting the hell out of targets, you know? So some things stay the range. The parties change normally uh, to different things. Like last year on Thursday night, I rented a town, um, you know, basically, and we had a party at the town. I try to change it up a lot. So the parties are, uh, events are really nice. Um, this year we're trying to, um, I was wanting, you know, there's an eclipse in Dallas on Monday. I was wanting to try to uh, figure out some way to incorporate that, but it's the event doesn't start, Bitball Boom doesn't start until Thursday. So it's just kind of hard to incorporate that. But I have had people contact me that bought tickets to say, hey, we're coming for the eclipse because it's a total eclipse of the sun, comes right through Dallas. And so since we're coming, we're going to come to Bitball Boom. So I have sold tickets because of the eclipse. 
but uh, I've only seen one eclipse in my whole life when I was like 10. Yep. I mean, you know, it's not like they happen every day wherever you're at. There's some people who follow those and go to them wherever they're at. That is a, I've just seen one before, Gary, and I think that one's going to bustle New York, but we're upstate New York where I am. I'm going to check on that. But yeah, and on that note, Gary, I have dug myself into another hole with Bitblock Boom this year as well. I will be there, but I'm going straight to the Euro halving party in Warsaw right after that. So not that much different. (laughs) Not much different this year. Hey, I I do while we're talking, you know, I I was when I was, you know, this year we're doing a lot of Noster stuff, which is a big change, which you asked about a minute ago, QW, you know, where we're doing uh, a whole day of Noster workshops. We're doing, um, we have Noster, uh, we're doing a Noster session on stage um, with um, Rockstar. And we're trying to get Jack uh, Dorset there for that. You know, I saw, like I said, I saw Jack at the Ocean announcement in Greenville. That was a great event. And uh, I talked to him for a while and I said, have you ever heard of Bitblock Boom? He said, yeah, I'm very familiar with it. So, wow. I said, anyway, you come in April and do a, a session with Rockstar on the main stage. He goes, oh, I like Rockstar. He goes, I'm free in April. Um, so it, it is possible. Please send me an email. And I've sent him uh, an email, one or two emails, and he hasn't replied at all, which being the optimistic person I am, I look at that as a real good thing. Because um, I think it would be real easy to say, I can't make it, and that'd be the end of it. You quit, got, you quit getting emails from me. Um, so I feel like it's a good thing. So we need anyone who's listening to uh, tag Jack on a message and say, you need to come to Bitblock Boom. <laughs> and so he gets those. Because I would love to get him at Bitblock Boom. I just think, and I know he's in the Noster a lot, and we're really doing, and we're having the Noster hackathon going on too, which we've never done a hackathon, or I'm calling it a build-a-thon. Um, so there's a lot of Noster stuff going on. So if anyone can tag Jack on a post and say, Hey, I'd love to see you at Bitblock Boom. I would be most thankful. Yeah. Well, well, QW is tight for Jack, so I'm sure he'll do that. But while we're talking, no, I'm, I'm only half joking there, Gary. Uh, while we're talking, Gary, so QW and I are going to be there, right? Santos from Zebedee is organizing a lot of the Nostra. Right. Uh, and, and he's QW, a great guy. He's a great guy. He is phenomenal. He was actually a guest on our show last week. Uh, but he, so we're going to be doing separate Nostra workshops, but Gary, here's, here's a thought since we're talking, we could do, we could wrap up that Nostra day with a Plepchain radio episode. We are the biggest show on Nostra. I think and, you're already doing that. Well, we could get Jack as a guest. He, Jack did say he would be our guest. Uh, so well, I got I want to get him as our in-person guest <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Well, yeah. We in-person show. Okay. Gary, we, yeah. It sounds great. We can we can uh, we can capitalize on his uh, his his say, he said yes to us and then uh, then then propose that maybe. Uh, well, if you if you do that, if you can get him, we'll just change the layout of the schedule and instead of having that a fireside chat with Rockstar and Jack, we'll just have all four of y'all up there and move that to, from the three o'clock slot to the five o'clock slot to end the show. The conference. Love it. We'll 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 get on it. QW your, your friends with Jack. Let's make it happen. 
I mean, like I said, he was po- very he was very positive about the conference. He was aware of the conference. He was very positive about April. He was very positive about Rockstar. And so, uh, like I said, even though he hasn't replied, I'm feeling like he would have been tired of hearing from me and he would have said no by now if he was no way he was coming. Well, let's let's work our angles. What do you say, Avi? <laughs> yes, let's do it. I, I got. Oh, uh, he's. We'll send him another uh, Satoshi shirt. Uh, I'll, I'll get it from, from him this weekend yep. uh, with uh, Sam at Lightning Store. I, that I was will say cool. that was cool. But Gary, so Jack has has agreed to be on our show. It's just that we're in the same boat as you are, which is he said he yes. Right. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm thinking that if we can get enough people tagging him he's gonna go okay let's get this over with i need to go you know all right um so we'll make it happen yeah so i i do want to say gary kudos um number it, it actually kind of makes a lot of sense when you when you mentioned that you you know you're into e-commerce um then you were uh podcasting uh then bitcoin uh, it makes a lot of sense now why you 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 kind of uh, went that Nostra route on this uh, on this BitBlock boom, um, at least as a, as kind of a side note um, to the to the con the the, the event. So um, it's it's interesting. You know, you said Bitcoin's your your last thing, but you might dabble in Nostra a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I even though Nostra is something different, I kind of think of that as a shoot off from Bitcoin. It, it really is. It's kind of the missing link uh, between value for value, um, uh, you know, decentralized internet, decentralized uh, social graph, um, everything about it. Uh, just, just that protocol uh, perspective. Really, just uh, it, it's it's perfect harmony. Really, I was uh, value. Every time you say value for value, I think of Adam. Um, yeah, you know, he's the he's the uh, podfather of that. Yeah, you know, I was having dinner with him one night in Austin. And, uh, you know, I was asking him because he got uh, he said this on his show several times. So I don't feel it's a top secret, but someone gave him 33 Bitcoin as a tip one time um, back when it was nothing. So we were eating dinner and said, have you sold that Bitcoin yet? And he said, hell no, I'm not selling it till it's a million dollars. And this was back in 2013, maybe or something or something like that. It was a long, long time ago. Um, so. But every time you every time you say that, I think uh, I think of him. So I, I think he's the one that came up with that value for value. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's my understanding. Um, and with with the Nostr, the way it's going, um, and then the clients that are kind of unlocking, like uh, like I mentioned, that Tunester, we had our first uh, our first value for value live concert. Um, they the 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 artists they they made close to three thousand dollars in Sats um, just from the, the community. Great. Uh, and that's on top of what they're doing live and uh, everything else. So, uh, you know, there's there's some really neat things. The ecosystem is 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 starting to come into play where it's, uh, you know, that that scaling is needed for that value for value to work. Yeah, usually at Bitblock Boom, before the evening goes too far, every waitress has been set up with a uh, <laughs> a, cat, a lightning account, and uh, you know they're getting tips and they're pulling out their phones, going, "Do you want to leave me a tip?" Because that yeah. they, they get it figured out real quick. Gary, what are we going to do this year? Wallet is Satoshi is gone, right? That's what we were doing last year. I, I don't know if I understand the question. Well, we we were getting 
the easiest way to do it was through wallet or satoshi oh, right 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 yeah so <laughs> that's gone in the u.s yeah yeah um, you know what it is and that's that kind of sucks too because that was uh, it does it, it 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 really sucks. Uh, we're doing the event on uh, on this Saturday, and we're just like, well, what wallet should the normies use? <laughs> it, 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 you know, otherwise you're like putting in a government ID and you're doing all this crap. Like, you know, so what, it, it's what just like up with? just plug and play. What's that? What are you coming up with? Uh, what what's coming up on Saturday? No, no. What wallet are you coming up with? Oh, as a um, right now, uh, Santos is is one of the organizers with me, Santos and Sam. So I think you're going to end up doing Zebedee. Um, I did Zebedee. It doesn't hold and, enough. And I don't I think that's going to work. Uh, so we're yeah. all kind of doing our own thing. Uh, luckily, we don't have, let's say, the waitress walking around that doesn't know, knows nothing about lightning or uh, you know receiving. So uh, we're kind of set up. The other day, but, but it's tough. I did Phoenix the other day. I set it up to try. That was pretty easy. But you got to open a channel, right? It, it, there's the inbound liquidity issue there, Gary. That's the problem, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we start to we start to get in this whole thing where you're trying to kind of show the seamless, frictionless, uh, uh, hardest money known to man, and you can't even get the damn thing to work. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of sucks too. I agree. But Cash App uh, is another one that some people, a lot of people, already have on their phone, um, and they do have Lightning as well. You know, and I've started trying to. Um, I don't consider Sats on my phone like Bitcoin. I can't spend. So once I put it in my coal wallet, that I can't spend it. Right. Um, that's where I draw the line. So when I do go out to, like, if I ballet park. You know, I no longer tip in cash. I give them the option of letting me tip them because cash app. You know, so I do a lot of tipping now in sats with cash app. I mean, if yeah. they don't have it, I'll tip them cash, of course. I'm not going to stiff up the valet guy. But easy person to um, to spend sats with because they almost all got cash app, you know. So, um, yeah, that sucks that Wallet of Satoshi is still working, though. Yeah, yeah, you just can't create an invoice, right? No, like I, you, you could still get like if I have Wallet of Satoshi on my Nostra account, I could still get zaps to it. I could still send. I just cannot actually. There's no functionality besides just receiving anonymously and sending. No, right. there it, it works outside the U.S., Gary. Right, yeah, right. So it, it's definitely US. a U.S. thing. <laughs> U.S. Yeah. I tried North, this North Korea and U.S. I tried this the other day. You just get on a VPN on your phone, just set it to England or Slovenia or whatever, and it works. It works perfectly. Oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't thought, thought about it. See, my concern with people who have Wallet of Satoshi is that they'll just keep using this thing or leaving their sats in there, and then finally uh, their phone's upgrading automatically every time Apple does an upgrade, and then one day just doesn't work anymore because it doesn't work with the newest version of Apple because it's no longer being upgraded, you know, and then yeah. they're going to be screwed, you know. You could just go to, in that scenario, and obviously this is hard for normies, Gary, but the VPN option is still going right. to work. That would be the way you'd have to go. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks that they closed, though. I thought that was like the super, easiest wallet to use ever. Yeah, and they still they still keep updating their test flight too on iOS. So it's uh, they're they're dangling it for us uh, for the for the people that that know. But it, it's but, just not normie friendly for the U.S. anymore. So, but I, I did use Zebedee. I set that up because of Santos. 
but it it stops you at like uh, two million sats. You know? Right before you have to, uh, I think, do uh, a government ID. Well, I think it stops you there, like one million sats, to do the government ID, and then two million sats it stops you again because that's all it'll let you have, all it'll let you put on there. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with it. Um, yeah, one million you have to ID to go any further. Or, or I know it's by a million. It could be five hundred thousand for all I know. But there is an amount where you have to like put your ID and stuff in, and then after you do that, you're still stopped at two million sats, no matter what ID you got in there. Yeah. So for the event, my wife's doing some uh, baked goods, and Santos is setting up a uh, just a Q, QR code. Maybe it's a BTC Pay. I don't know what it is. He's he's the dev on that uh, that project. Uh, but uh, yeah, so whatever she's selling, it'll go to that QR code, and then uh, we'll we'll figure it out after that. But uh, that's that's for us. That's it's it's not for the normies. Yeah, I just well, I have I have Sats on all kinds of wallets for some reason. So I was trying to get them all in one place. So that's why I ran out of room there because I was moving them all in one place. So Gary, getting back to the event, uh, Biplock Boom this year, mm-hmm. what are the, so obviously we talked about the Nostra content and we're super excited about that. Yeah, we're going to end, we're going to close it out with Jack Dorsey and Rockstar of Blackchain Radio. Sounds we're going to make that happen. Uh, but what else is there to look forward to? Well, we have Saturday night, you know, after the conference is over, we do a casino night. You know, I thought that was going to be corny. I didn't think anyone would really be excited about casino night, but oh my gosh, that's like, people love that thing. I mean, people come and go, are you doing a casino night again? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it again. But we like from, you know, we we break down at like, I don't know, five, five, 15 or something, whenever the day gets over. And then they convert the ballroom into a casino. Yeah. And uh, people go eat dinner and come back and it's a casino party. And at the end, we have all kinds of prizes. You can win a million sets, 500,000 sets, block clock, all kinds of stuff that we have that you can win. That's like a fan favorite. So that's just a regular thing we do now to so many people. I remember the first time we did that, I really didn't think anyone would be excited. And I hope Tone doesn't mind saying this because, you know, Tone is a big gambler. You know, he really does. He always does poker tournaments at Bitblock Boom. He does them at his event. And I came into the casino night at about uh, 930 or something. And Tone comes up to me with a handful of chips. He goes, look how far up I am. And I'm going, yeah, those chips don't have any value at all. <laughs> but he was excited. Even someone, what I'm getting at, even someone like Tone was excited about the casino night. I, I will yeah. tell you, Gary, they let my son gamble. He's 13. <laughs> because it's, it's all fake money, right? Yeah, so, right. That was great. Uh, and he and of course, he ended up hogging the karaoke machine that night. Um, <laughs> well, last year we had karaoke. Right, right. So we've yeah. added karaoke. So we and I that was another thing. See, I don't know much. I thought that I thought no one would want to do that. So while the casino's going on, karaoke's on the stage. People love the karaoke. I mean, you know, so um we're we're doing that again. I mean, you know, I keep trying to find new things to add. This year, I guess the biggest thing is gonna be the workshops. The workshops really have been just like in the past, little mini sessions. It could be mm-hmm. anything. There was no rhyme or reason as to what was going on. Where this year we broke them down. One's on lightning workshops, one's on Nasser workshops, and they really have some kind of, thanks to Santos and his hard work, there's uh, some rhyme or reason to them. And, and what kind of led it to be a Nostr? Like, what, what made that decision happen? Kind of, hey, maybe we should uh, add incorporate some Nostr. Was that just Santos mentioning it? 
No, I think actually when I saw last time I saw Rockstar, I said, hey, you've never spoken at BitBlock Boom. Do you want to speak? And he said, I'll speak if I can do something, if I can do Noster. I said, okay. And then um, one thing led to another, and I don't know how it evolved from there, but that's where it started, I think, was Rockstar saying he wanted to talk about um, Noster. And that, that that's where it evolved. So as to how it evolved from there, I don't know. Yeah, Noster, uh, he he's he's a legend in the Noster community, especially his uh, his rock star parties he throws at the. Uh, they're usually like side events at uh, Bitcoin conferences or Bitcoin events. Well, he does a thing on the beach in Miami, or he did the thing on the beach in Miami. He still does. Yeah. Well, he's, he's going to be Nashville now, but yeah, yeah, that's right. He, yeah, last he, year, he marries we, people on the beach as well. There, I hear. I was there. Actually, it's funny. We went to the whale party, him and I, and then we have to. That's on the beach at a hotel. Okay, so we got to yeah. go out the back gate to get on the Miami Beach the walking trail, and we go yeah. to the gate, and the guy goes, oh, "You can't exit here." And he goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, you have to go out. And we would have had to walk like a city block, it seems like. Go out the front door of the hotel, go down the street to the next entrance, blah, blah, blah. So Rockstar just pulls out his wallet and pulls out a couple of 20s and goes, can we go out now? And the guy goes, we get that gate for you, sir. <laughs> the gate for us. So we're walking we're walking down the beach and he's uh, on the sidewalk and he goes, boardwalk type thing. He goes, okay, we're looking for, there's a bunch of people out there waiting on me and I'm going to marry someone tonight and they're all out there waiting on me. I go, where they're at? And he goes, oh, we'll find them in a minute. There's still a bit ways to go. And all of a sudden, I hear all these people on the beach. And he just keeps walking and walking. I said, hey, are you with all those people out on the beach, maybe? He goes, what people? I said, you don't hear all that noise out there? And he goes, no. And I said, yeah, there's a ton of people out there on the beach. So he goes, okay. So we got on the beach. And it's like, you know, all the people out there, they brought beer. They brought blankets. They bought wine. I mean, you know, it's just a giant party out there on the beach. Yeah. And this is like 11, 12 o'clock. Yeah. So, I was yeah. there, Gary. <laughs> I, I was part of that. I was in I, the uh, telegram room following all the coordinates and uh, people people trying to find each other and lugging alcohol. And <laughs> I, I think it really expresses the social graph that uh, that Nostra unlocks in the Bitcoin community. Uh, it, it really does. Like I said, I think it's, to me, like I said, when I think of Nostra, I don't think of this separate thing. You know, when I think of Twitter, I say I think of a separate thing. I think when I think of Twitter, maybe I think I'm wrong, but I think of Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think of social media. I don't think of that when I think of Noster. I think of Bitcoin when I think of Noster. Yeah, even though that could be wrong. I mean, that's just, no. To me, Noster and Bitcoin are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, right? yeah they they go together. They they go really well together. So Gary, speak on that topic, right? You've been on Noster on and off, granted for what is it, almost a year now at this point, right? Yeah, I would, I would that, yeah. What, so what are your thoughts on how Nostra's progressed in that time and what you've seen in terms of adoption since in, in that one year? Well, for instance, I, I can tell you right now, we're on Nostra right now with these nests. And I like the fact I can do this on my laptop, not a phone. You know, Twitter, you have to use your phone. You can see it. I mean, you can go, okay, I want to listen on your phone, but you can't, like, be involved with it on your, I mean, you can listen on your computer, but you can't, like, be on a space as, like, I am right now through your laptop. I think that's great. I don't know why they force you to use your phone. I don't know why I have to be forced to use my phone when I have this whole setup here. 
you know, I can use on my computer. I don't know why it's not as not optional instead of mandatory. You know, I, I, I still have a hard time with Nostra, to be honest with you. Though. I, I don't think it's as smooth as Twitter. And I wish it was. And um, for instance, um, I have a BitBlock Boom account. I can't even find it. You know, I can find my Gary Leland account. So they finally made another BitBlock Boom account. I think, I mean, when you got into e-commerce, how smooth was that? It <laughs> wasn't smooth at all. Well, <laughs> I, I, tried, I tried to build it in 1995, but I couldn't make that shopping cart. You know, because you couldn't buy a shopping cart back then. And then 1996, I met someone who said, hey, I'll help you with that shopping cart. And I got the site back up. You know, I got the site up. Um, and then in 2000, I think, I made a second e-commerce site. And I said, that shopping cart was so damn hard. I'm just going to use the same shopping cart. So I, I use the same shopping cart. So you go to, you buy softball equipment and you go to a shopping cart for a wallpaper store. You know, <laughs> it was, yeah. And, and I'm not saying... I'm not saying anything negative about it when I say that. I'm just saying that's the way it is. Right, you know? right. Yeah. And, I, and I was just trying to add a little perspective on that because uh, yeah. it, it really – you have the experience in, in understanding that. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree. It's it's actually easier to get you an Oster account than it was to build your e-commerce site. That's for damn sure. Um, and that's pretty much where we are, Gary, right? We are, we are 90, 1995 – e-commerce um, <laughs> stage on Nostra right now. And that's why it's it's a bunch of diehards. See, like I, don't, I don't even, and this is terrible to say, but I don't spend enough time on here to know. Like, I'm Gary Leland on Domus. Am I Gary Leland everywhere? Because there's a bunch of apps for this. Or can every app, different app, have another Gary Leland? No, you're Gary. You you own your uh, your InPub. You own your your Insec is your private key. Uh, it it it's like RSS. I mean, essentially, Gary Leland. When you when you make a note, it it shoots it out to every single client. Okay, so I'm Gary Leland everywhere. See, I didn't so if you migrate, if you want to go to Domus to Primal, uh, Primal to Coracle, whatever it is, your your social graph carries with you. So you will never lose that. Well, let me ask you this. I'm using Domus right now. Is that the best one to use or is one coming along and you go, oh, man, I can't believe you're still using Domus. You need to move to Primal. I think it's neat no. to go around depending upon what, you know, what your platform you're on. If you're on a desktop, you know, check out Coracle, check out uh, Snort, check out, um, you know, Primal. Uh, there's there's a lot of different ones and it's just kind of neat. To, some some of them have their own, you know, their, their own core competencies. Well, you know, QW was was being very diplomatic there, Gary. But he, he is right. He is right. He was, but but he was being diplomatic. Uh, what I will say is, Damas is the best. Okay. And and the reason yeah. I love Damas, but Damas doesn't have a desktop. They don't have a desktop. Not they yet. Do. They do. No, 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 they do. They do. It, has they, it has it launched for Mac? For Mac. Uh, that's yes. what I have. If you Mac. have the chip, though, right? The the M1 you know, chip yeah, or whatever. It, it, yeah, I don't have the chip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any app works if you have the chip. You know, that's, just, that's true. Yeah. I just don't have the chip, and I don't want to buy a new laptop. But another another thing friend. I support Thomas for is uh, uh, Will's an amazing dev. Uh, he's very principled to the, the 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 core, the Bitcoin ethos. Um, I just really appreciate uh, his his work and his mindset, uh, as, especially as he's fighting Apple and some of these other uh, yeah. things that will come come along uh, down this uh, disrupting uh, uh, technology. 
Well, that's why he needs yeah. to build another version of Domus for laptops then. And he is. Uh, he, he is, Gary. And, and, and just to echo QW's point, this is why I'm a big fan of Domus because I know Will. He's a true Bitcoiner, like, like a hardcore Bitcoiner. And he brings that development ethos of move slow and don't break things as opposed to move fast and break things that is more like a Shikoina, Silicon Valley style uh, development ethos. So Will is a very thoughtful uh, developer. He he's low time preference. He's, he tip, you know, yes, he might not move as fast as some of these other flashy new clients, but that's because it, it's that Bitcoin ethos at play, right? Thinking through all the possibilities and, and making sure that you're not breaking anything. Gotcha. Well, it's it's an interesting environment, that, uh, though, because there's not a lot of VC funding within uh, within an open source uh, uh, wonderland that uh, Noster is. That makes sense too. <laughs> no advertising, uh, you know, censorship resistant, all that fun stuff that 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 users know and love. But uh, you know, without the without the value for value aspect of it, it, it you definitely need the scaling. Well, I'm going to have to get back in there and spend more time. I think um, I think most of the time, though, when I'm on, even like when I'm on Twitter, I'm on my laptop. You know, yeah, I mess around with it once in a while on my phone, but not like I do. If, if matter of fact, if I didn't use, if it wasn't for like being on spaces and stuff, I would probably not even go to Twitter that much on my phone. I prefer just sitting. I have a, I like have a really nice setup here with all my screens and my microphones and stuff, and I just like sitting here. Uh, kind of like some people like to watch, sit and play video games, or some people like to watch TV. I like to sit here and do all my stuff, and that includes if I'm on Noster. I wish I could be here. If I'm on Twitter, I'm at the computer. That's what, that's what I think has slowed me down on Noster the most is the fact that I really can't. I'm not comfortable on my computer and. I think I'm comfortable using my phone for a lot of things, but I prefer a, a laptop. And there are apps for that, Gary. Snort and, and Primal too, right, for desktop. Well, yeah, I'll download it's, a, it's as simple as just uh, plug it in your insect, uh, your, your, your secret uh, key. But, um, you know, definitely uh, be careful with that. Um, you know, uh, there, there, there's, there's actually browser extensions like GitAlby or uh, if I think you're on Chrome. So, yeah, probably GitAlby uh, is the closest browser extension to kind of uh, keep that private, your insect, when you're uh, jumping into any clients. Roger that. So, Gary, as we, we're getting close to wrapping up the show, but um, just one comment here, and curious to see if you have anything to say about this. But we noticed that Ocean Mining is a sponsor. So yes. that's a nice, nice hat tip there for the purists. <laughs> and and Jack, that since he uh, donated so much money to him. Yeah, we had Mechanic on uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, just amazing what uh, kind of the, the what's going on with the uh, block templates and the, the mining uh, block uh, templates. Uh, it's just very interesting what what Ocean is actually uh, presenting. It's like it's been there the whole time, but no one knew about it type of thing. 
Yeah, no, Ocean is definitely, I kind of felt like, I know this sounds kind of corny, but I felt like when we were at the announcement in Greenville Fort, that it was kind of like a historical event in Bitcoin for some reason. Um, or, or else they, they did such a good job, you felt like that. Um, I like what they're doing. Um, the people involved with it are all great. Um, you know, when we were there, we got to see Bob Burnett's uh, a tour of his dam where they're using hydropower to mine Bitcoin. Um, it, it's just, yeah, I, I think that's going to be. I'm hoping they do that again next year. That was a great event to go to. Well, and I think ultimately the the two takeaways is transparency and decentralization uh, is is kind of what they're pushing in the mining uh, mining industry. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I like the, the templates are great. Um, I believe that if you don't want to mine ordinals, you don't have to. Actually, Gary, here's a question for you since we're on the topic. Will you ever have an ordinals person speaking about Buckboom? You know, that's, that's kind of hard to say. You know, things change, you know, over time as to what's accepted and what's not accepted. As it stands right now, I would say no, but you know, who knows what 10 years bring, you know, um, you know, people that may be become an accepted thing in 10 years from now, you know, and people are wanting to do it. I don't know. I, so I don't never is a hard thing to say, you know, so and now no, but I'm not saying that's. And why, why no now, Gary? Uh, <laughs> I just, I just am not real. I think they're just taking up room on the blockchain is all I think. Uh, I feel about those like I did NFTs. Um, I just, I just don't, I'm not a big believer in them, I guess. You know, maybe, maybe I'm to a degree like the old person says, I don't understand that Bitcoin. What's it backed by? You know, maybe that's my situation. Uh, no, it's yeah. definitely not that Gary. You know, so you're so, doing great, uh, Gary. You're doing great. <laughs> but I just, I just think they are are just taking up room on the blockchain, uh, clogging stuff up. I'm sure the miners are happy, and you know, and maybe, and maybe it's possible that that's going to be what the miners need to make money off of when there's no more Bitcoin hardly to be had from winning block rewards. Maybe they will rely on you know, ordinals and inscriptions and stuff to, to make a look to, to do their work. I don't know, but at the moment I don't care, you know? Yeah. Well, I sure hope not <laughs> that, that it's, it's the only source of income for miners. Yeah. Down I, the road. Yeah. Who knows what down the road is? I don't think it will be, but maybe it'll be a big part of it. I don't know. Like I said, I just don't have any use for them right now. And I think to a degree, a lot of people are accepting this stuff, and I kind of like to buck the trend. You know, I'm like one of those anti-establishment people. I have been since the 60s. So if everybody's wanting to do it, I probably don't want to do it. Yeah. That's good, Gary, because uh, I'll, that, that way I'll stay out of jail when I'm in Dallas. Because <laughs> I won't be assaulting any <laughs> shitcoin ordinal people <laughs> when I'm there. Well, that's a good plan right there. I can tell you that right now. Because I don't want to have to come bail your ass out. <laughs> and make you pay me back in sats. 
All right, Gary, appreciate you taking the time. Um, really looking forward to Betlock Boom. And look, we're going to work. We're going to talk to our people and make make the Jack Plepchain Radio, yeah. Jack Rockstar Plepchain Radio thing happen for Betlock Boom. I, I think that would be. I think I think Jack would enjoy that actually. Um, and I think everybody else would enjoy that. Um, you know, and it's a smaller crowd than usually the ones he goes to. You know, Ocean wasn't a big crowd, but it's a little bit bigger than it's bigger than Ocean, but it's not like going to Miami, you know, where there's tons of people. I think he'd be comfortable in the audience that he could stand there and after the thing and say hi to people and not have to worry about, oh man, there's sweet people here. I gotta I'm gonna be here an hour saying hi to people, you know, just before I can get out of this crowd. So um yeah. Yeah, everybody needs to post that. I'm not kidding. Everybody needs to tag Jack on that. We will make it happen, Gary. We call the action. And Gary, I look forward to meeting you uh, in Dallas. Oh, for sure. And I appreciate you participating. And I yeah. appreciate you guys having me on the show. I've enjoyed it, actually. I always enjoy no. it, though. I don't you think even I got to do it on your desktop there. Uh, not some Twitter space where we all have bad cell signal. Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate this. I mean, you know... Um, yeah, but this this works great on a desktop. Yeah, 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 and I'm looking forward to that Nest 2.0 uh, coming up. Well, I think that's it, Avi. Anything else? Any any shout no. outs? Or Gary, you no. got anything to plug? Hey, I just say if anyone is interested in Bitblock Boom, use the code BBB1 for uh, a discount. He'll give you a discount. I don't know. Do y'all have a discount code? If so, give yours. I mean, <laughs> no, we, 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 we haven't got that far. Um, we, we haven't started monetizing our mounts yet. Well, I heard Alpha had a discount code for damn uh, Riga. For Prague. Prague. Yeah. Prague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, why did you give me one for just, uh, BBB? <laughs> just go to the site. Right on the front page, it says, join our affiliate program. It's like really big. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll just get pleb chain for that one, uh, which is the intersection of Bitcoin and Noster. So. Yeah, as soon yeah. as you uh, sign up, I'll approve you like immediately. All righty. Good enough. You, you heard eight, it here first, Avi. 80 20, 80% to me, 20% to you. Pleb chain radio. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, listeners. Hopefully, hopefully you're listening on Fountain, and uh, we appreciate you all.